Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, let's open our Bibles here. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Let's go to um, Job chapter 32. You know, last week we were, we were talking about, teaching about healing. We're going to continue in that. But there's a... There's some things the Lord spoke speaking to me uh, concerning that, and He wanted me to address uh, concerning healing. And so we're going to talk about Jesus, our healer. You know, you have, you have to look to, to Jesus. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So Jesus is our healer. Amen. Everywhere He went, Jesus ministered the word. And you also found out that as he ministered, he ministered to people, all right? But the first thing he did was he ministered faith to them. He ministered faith. He, he got them to what? Believe in what the, what the Word of God said. And see, that's just as important today because if you don't believe what the Word says, your, your faith's not going to be in action. In order for your faith to move, all right, you, you're going to have to be saying some things. You know, when God comes into your life, the first time we, we talked about salvation here a little bit ago, but when, when people get saved, one of the first things they, that happens to them, a person that's born again, is, is they start changing how they're talking. You ever notice that? Somebody gets born again, born again they start you know, they start changing how they talk. One of the first things you see is they, 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 they start getting rid of curse words. Right? You, know, you, don't, you don't curse like you used to. All right, you may slip up every now and then, but you know you go, well, uh, Lord, I didn't mean to say that, you know. You know, but the world, what does the world do? The world just goes on cussing and doesn't even think anything about it. See, a, a, a Christian starts realizing, hey, I got, I got to talk. To him. All right, I, I can't call pastor that guy. All right, or that gal, I call pastor. So, you know, things like that. You know, husbands don't call their their wives their old ladies. Wives don't call their husbands the old man. Right? When they get said, they change it because they realize God's a God of honor. God said, if you honor me, I'll honor you. Right? So he's, you know, what naturally just takes place is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comes in and he ministers to you. All right? But if we'll look here in, in, in Job, and uh, did, I, did I say what chapter? Uh, Job 32. Job 32 and verse 20. He says this, I will speak that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. Now there's a lot happening in this scripture right here. He says, I'll open my lips and answer. Answer what? Answer what the what the world or the situation is trying to dictate in my life. Every day, you and I get an opportunity to answer something that's happening in our life. When you wake up tomorrow, when you leave here this afternoon, something might happen. It might be good, maybe, but you get a, you get a chance to answer that. Something, and, and you know, we're believing God for it to be good. But you know what? When when you see the goodness of God in your life, what should you say something? Yeah, that's what Job said. He says, I will speak. That what? That I may be refreshed. See, a lot of times what happens is, is good things come to us, but we never say anything about them. And guess what? You don't get refreshed. See, these are, they, these are spiritual laws that can't be changed. It doesn't matter whether you believe in them or not. All right? A spiritual law is something that is in effect for everybody. Both believer and unbeliever, right? If you don't believe in if people don't believe in God, this law still is 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 in effect for them. It's just like the law of gravity. The law of gravity is always in effect. You can't say I don't believe in the law of gravity. Right? I mean, you may say that, but you go you you get on top of a five story building and step off the edge, and without a parachute, you're 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 going you're going to die. You're coming down. You can't on the way down say, I don't believe in gravity. 
splat. All right? Well, see, these are things, they're spiritual laws. They're spiritual laws that are in action, whether you believe in them or not. But, if you, but one thing, if you understand that they're in action, you can, you can use them to your advantage. Amen? Why? Because you, you, you'll say them more. You, you'll learn to, to handle that word. So Job, he said, I'll speak that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. I'll answer what happens in my life. You know, if something good happens, I'll say, well, praise God, the favor of God's upon me. Amen? You know, there, should be, there should be praise on your lips when something good happens. You should just say, oh, that was nice. Do you feel refreshed when you say nothing? No, you don't. You might feel a little excitement, but you know what? There's a, there's a refreshing that will come to you by you giving praise to, to the report. Likewise, the, the, the other side of that, if something, if something bad happens, you better answer it. Remember uh, Jesus and the disciples as they were walking through the desert, and uh, Jesus saw a fig tree. And, and he wanted, and he was hungry, and he went over to it to get some fruit off of it, and there wasn't any. And if you look at that scripture, it says he answered the fig tree. Well, do fig trees talk? Well, apparently that one did. It was telling him, you ain't going to get no fruit off me today. Even though the leaves were, were green on it and, it, and it should have been producing fruit, it wasn't. So what did he do? He answered it. He said, he cursed the, the fig tree. And said, no one will eat fruit of you ever again. And then he went on about his business. See, he answered something that was speaking to him. You've got to do the same thing. If you don't, if you don't answer things in your life, it's nothing going to ever change. Nothing will ever change because you don't, you don't answer it. You don't, likewise, if you don't answer it, you'll never be refreshed. You'll never be refreshed. Because part of the refresh is you've got to receive the refreshment. Amen? You know, we, we, we could have out in the hallway, when you come in, we could have refreshments and donuts and things like that, but you know, they ain't going to do you any good if you don't stop and, and, and take part of it. Right? You, you, you've got to actually do something if you want some refreshing. Okay, so, so the Word of God is saying the same thing. I, he said, I'll open my lips and I'll answer the next day, Jesus is walking back by. They walk back by where that fig tree was. Now he didn't even go over to it, but the disciples went over to it, and they said, "Master, come look at this. It, it's dead from the roots." And you know what his response to that was? Have faith in God. He didn't go over to it. Why? He understood his words. He understood that when he spoke, things happened. See, you and I, you've got, to, you've got to believe that too, that when you speak, things are, in, are changing. Right? You've got to believe that there's power in your words. Well, what happens if I slip up? Well, then just repent and, go, and keep going. Or it doesn't mean it's done. Just repent and say, no, I, I didn't mean to say that. I should have. You know, that's one thing about Repentance. Repentance means to do what? It means to, to turn and go the opposite way. And really part of repentance is, is not just turning and going the opposite way, but it's correcting what's got you in that position. What got you in the position to uh, uh, fall, come short in sin? Being away from God. So part of repentance is, is what? It's not only turning and going the opposite direction, but it's drawn closer to God. Because the reason why you and I got into that position to begin with was because we drifted away from him. We weren't doing what he said. Right? You think about it. The reason why you fell, the reason why I fell, was because I wasn't doing what God said. When I do, when I do what the Lord said, then I, then I don't miss it. Now, see, what I'm talking about here is a spiritual law that will change your life if you, if, you, if, you, if you see this. If you don't see it, 
Well, then it, it, it's still there. It's still going to have an effect on your life. And the bad part about it is nothing's going to change in your life. It'll, get, it'll continue to get worse and worse and worse. You'll continue to struggle and struggle and struggle. And you know what? The struggle may not be that really that bad, just really uncomfortable for you. But sooner or later, after year in and year out and year in and year and 10 years and 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and you're into that struggle, one day you'll wake up and say, I'm tired of the I need something. Now, a lot of people don't know what they need. They think they need a change of scenery. Really, what they need is a change with the Lord. They need to change their stance, their position with God. All right? Let's go to, um, go to Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57. Let's look here. You know, in Proverbs, it says, uh, in Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will, will eat the fruit thereof. Right? Those that love it, they'll eat the fruit. So there's power in your tongue. It's death and life. Every time you and I speak, we're giving death something and life to something. If you look at that scripture, it doesn't say death or life. It says death and life. So every time you and I talk, all right, or don't talk, all right, to not say anything, a lot of times is just as bad as saying the wrong thing. See, the devil will get you thinking, oh, don't, don't respond, don't say anything. Because you don't want this or you don't want that. To... That's the wrong thing to do. You... Job said, I, I will speak that I may be refreshed. Alright? Isaiah in 57, when we're looking here at a scripture, because a lot of times, people, when we start speaking scriptures, we're going to look at, at some healing scriptures here in just a few minutes and some some ways that you can quote them, uh, or how should I say, not quote them, but say them over your over over yourself. And we did a little bit of that last week. All right, it's important that you you understand how to take the word of God and speak it over yourself, so that what you can you can walk in healing. Now, when I, when I use that word healing, you know, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? Well, a lot of people, most Christians think that word salvation just as, well, when I die, I get to go to heaven. No, that word salvation means uh, deliverance. It means it means healing. All right? It, 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 it means divine guidance. Divine rescue, you know, you might say. So, if I call on the name of the Lord, and I need, and there's something that I need. All right, I'm, I'm going to get it. Why? Because I'm, I'm calling it faith. All right. And uh, our job is to speak the word. Right. Your job is to speak the word of God over the situation. Now, the situation here, I'm going to answer a lot of questions because. Well, a lot of people say, well, I've spoken the word in situ in, over my situation. When, when am I going to see the manifestation of my healing, for instance? All right? Or my, my deliverance. All right? And a lot of people get hung up on that. Well, I've spoken the word for a week now, and, ain't, and nothing changed on the outside. Oh, that's not your job. That is not your job. You know, and if that's what you're going to focus on, if you're going to focus on... You've spoken the word, that, and that, that's your job. You're, and in addition, to, believe that what you're saying, it's, 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 it's come to pass in your life. The manifestation of it is not your, your, your job. It isn't. And so many times, and we, we, 
falsely taught people that the manifestation, that they had something to do with the manifestation. The only thing you have to do with the manifestation is, is believing the word, is speaking the word over the situation. The manifestation of, uh, of what you believe in God for, that's his part. That's his part. It's not your part. You're trying to do God's part. And that's not your part. Look here in Isaiah 57 and verse 19. God says this, I create the fruit of your lips. What's the fruit of your lips? It's the manifestation. He says, I create the fruit of your lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off. And to him that is near, saith the Lord. And I will heal him. So God right here in Isaiah 57, he tells us he creates the fruit of our lips. Whatever you're saying about your situation, he's going to bring it to pass. How long? Well, how long do I have to wait? He didn't say anything about that. He didn't say you had to wait a week or a month. The timing is, that, that's on God's part. The manifestation of it. The believing part is, if, if we really take this scripture, now let's go back to uh, uh, Mark 11. This will work for any area in your life, whether it's healing, or deliverance, or prosperity. If you believe in God for you know, a, a better job, or 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 a vehicle, or a home, or whatever. You can apply this. It's the same spiritual law. And like I said, whether you believe it or not, it's an action in your life, whether you believe it or not, because it's a, it's, it's a spiritual law you can't change. It works for everybody. You can be a believer. If you're using this term, or this, if you're using this law, it'll work for you, because it's a spiritual law. All right. Now, to get the full benefit of it, you really need to be born again. But it'll work for an unbeliever if they get the principle now. Jesus said here in, in Mark 11, all right, For verily I say unto you, we just spoke about this scripture here just a minute ago, so now here we are there, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now see, Jesus is telling that you have to say to the mountain, what's the mountain? Whatever it is, the issue in your life, whether it's healing, deliverance, a problem, a situation, all right, uh, knowledge or wisdom, all right, you've got to speak to that mountain. You're, your mountain will only respond to your voice. All right. It's one thing I'm learning. What Jesus said to his students is that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed. And be thou cast into the sea. And you shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. Well, Pastor, what if I don't say anything? It ain't nothing will change. Matter of fact, the only change you might see is it might get worse. Alright? Unless somebody else is believing for you. Now, if they're believing for you, all right, they can start to move, they'll move the situation toward the better. But it get there a whole lot faster if you're believing. All right, it may take them years to get it there. It may take, it may take them three or four times longer to get it there than you could if you would believe. When you think about that, that stuff. All right. But he said, if you don't doubt your heart, you, you will have those things which you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So, when I pray about a situation, when do I believe that I've got it? When I pray. When, does it, when do I see it manifested? That's not my part. God said, I create the fruit of your lips. And if the fruit of my lips is when I pray, I believe I receive it, 
My, man, my manifestation is imminent. Now, if I if if all I'm going to focus on from that point on is God, I'm going to give you two weeks to manifest this. I tell you right now, forget it. You're not going to see it. God, God is not. You're not going to hold God to a clock. <laughs> and a lot of people here recently in, in this country that they, they've held God to the clock and they've been disappointed when when the clock stuck, struck uh, midnight and it didn't come past like they thought. That ain't that ain't faith at all. Faith believes when it prays, it receives. Well, when's it going to matter? We just told you. God said, I create for your lips. God creates the manifestation of what you said. You know, he said he, he said it to the to the Israelites back in the Old Testament. Uh, and it wasn't a good thing. He was more along the lines of a bad thing. He said, as you, as you, because they were complaining about their situation, he said, as you have whispered in my ears, I will do it for you. Now, we've talked that both ways. We said, now, that's a good thing and a bad thing. But when he was saying it to them, it wasn't a good thing at the time. He, he was saying, your complaining is going to get you in trouble. Well, here it is right here. She said, you, you'll have whatsoever you say. If you just keep talking about your situation getting worse, and I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know how I'm going to change this situation, guess what? You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. Because that's what you're saying. I don't know how we're going to make ends meet. We've all said that. They'll make it right. It's wrong. And guess what? You had trouble making ends meet, didn't you? Because of what we said. All right? And God wasn't making it... God's not making it come to pass. He just takes his hand off the situation. Satan helps out on his part. Satan's looking for you to say the wrong things. That's how he moves. When you when you and I speak the wrong things, that's what that's what how he moves. Now let's go you know go to uh, Hebrews chapter thirteen. Uh, I want to get back to what we were talking about in Isaiah. God said, "I give you the fruit of your lips." In Hebrews thirteen. Verse 15, it says this. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Alright? So what should be the fruit of our lips? The fruit of our lips, the fruit of our lips is we're giving praise to him. We're giving thanks to him. How, how often? Continually. Well, thank you, Lord, for, for coming through on that situation. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. So once, I, once I've spoken the healing scriptures over me, I don't keep asking them to heal me. I just, from that point on, I, I get praise on the lips. Lord, I thank you for healing me. Thank you for healing me. Tomorrow, I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to continue to thank him for healing. The next day, when my, when my healing manifests, what am I going to do? I'm going to continue to thank him for healing and the following day, even though my, 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 my healing has manifested, I'm going to thank you for healing. I, I'm going to continue in, in prayer. That's going to be the fruit of my lips. Because, you know, I believed it before I got before I seen it. Right? Faith believes before it actually sees something. Amen? You know, how do you know that you're saved? Well, when you, when, you, when you gave your life to the Lord, you, you didn't get a plaque from heaven saying, on this day, uh, Joe Smith got saved at uh, 10.39 a.m. Central Time in Boonville, Indiana. Right? It didn't happen. You don't, you don't have a plaque like, like that. How do you know you got saved? Well, you, 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 you confess the Lord Jesus. And you believe in your heart. All right? And then what happened? There was a change on the inside. Now, if you, I would say this, brother or sister, if you've never, if you never experienced a change on the inside of you, there's probably a pretty good change. You're not saved. You may have said a prayer, 
All right, but see, a prayer doesn't really mean anything unless you unless you believe it, right? That's why you know you you just can't come up and say, okay, uh, pastor said I should say by his stripes I'm healed. All right, by his stripes I'm healed. I'm gonna walk away from the altar, and uh, two months later I'm gonna come back into church and say, pastor, I said by his stripes I was healed two weeks two months ago. And my healing has manifested. You know, I, you know, I want to have a conversation about him about really believing God. The last time you said it was two months ago, and I haven't seen you in church in two months. Is that person really? See, my my biggest concern as a pastor is not going to be about his healing so much as his salvation, because is he really changed? See, those are things that we need to be asking ourselves. If I'm really a believer, what kind of change is there in my life? What kind of changes are going on on a daily basis, on a weekly basis? Am I the same person today that I was last year? And, and if I am, then there's not really any change going on. If I've gotten a little bit better, so okay, then there's change going on. Then there's change going on, right? But if if I'm still if I still have the same reaction when the word of God is preached and it doesn't really move me, and this happens all the time, you know, quite frequently with people, they hear the word of God preached, but they never come up to the altar when 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 the altar's opened up. They never come up for prayer. All right. Has there really a change in their life? Can they really expect God to move? Well, you're not really believing. You're not really believing. If you, if you don't reach out and take what God is offering and hold dear to it, is there really a change in your life? All right? But he, he, he says here, he says, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Giving thanks to his name. Go to, um, let's go to Hosea. Hosea chapter 14. Speaking the word, but a lot of people, a lot of times, we miss it. We don't see it. And so, what we don't speak the word over situations. You know, the Bible says that while we look not at the things which are seen, but at that which is not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporary. And boy, are we, is that, is that more real today than any other time? I, I do yeah. I don't, I'm not going to go into detail, but there's so many things that I've seen that are fake. They weren't even, they weren't even real. I was watching them, and I, and I could tell, this is not even real. And I'm thinking the whole time, what the Bible says, while, while I do not look at the things that are seen, but I look at the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are, are temporal, or temporary. And we can even say today, they're fake, they're not even real. They're not even there. But the things that we don't see, those are eternal. They're eternal. Meaning they never change. They're always there. All right, Hosea 14, are you there? All right, it says, verse 2, Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, take away of all iniquity or all sin, and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. All right, another word for that word calves. So will we render the fruit of our lips. 
What are they? What, what's the word saying? That, that we're saying, Lord, take away, take away my sin. And I'll receive graciously. Why? Because I render the fruit of my works. I receive it graciously. When I, when, I, when I ask God to forgive me of my sin, or you ask God to forgive you of your sin, His response is going to be real simple. It's done. He, he's already said that in His Word. He said, if you confess your, if you, if you confess your sins, He said, I will forget them, never to look upon them again. I'll cast them as far as the east is from the west, never look at them again. So here, here we see in the Word, it's talking about, uh, about our confession, about what we're speaking. Now, see, what I'm saying is, oh, this is, people get in trouble because they're not saying anything, or they're not saying it enough. Or they're focusing on the wrong things. I'm not saying you've got to walk around with the Bible in your hand all 24-7, but what I'm saying, our, our main focus in our lives should be the things of God, all right, and what God's doing in the earth. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. It says, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Another word for that word reproved is discovered. But all things that are discovered are made manifest by the light. We're seeing a lot. Of, there's a lot of things being discovered right now. As a believer, if you're really a believer in the Bible, you're seeing God reveal, discover a lot of things. He's revealing it to people. Some people, they, they, they're, they're totally clueless as to what's going on. There's three things, there's three kinds of people I've always said there in the world. Those that make things happen, those that watch things happen, and those that don't see even suspect anything's happening. You, you're one of the three. All right? But all things are reproved or discovered or made manifest by the light for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake you that sleepest. See, God's talking to the church here. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Well, he's, not talking about being, he's not talking about being dead, all right, as in you're no longer on the planet. He's talking about being dead in sin, being dead in the world. There's a lot of believers, they walk around that way all the time. They're dead spiritually. We're dead spiritually. Why? We, we, we don't read our Bibles. Or we read other things. We read lots of other things. But when we go, to, it comes time to read our Bible, we've got to go find where it is, and a lot of times we've got to dust it off. And we wonder why God doesn't do anything. Well, we're not speaking anything. We're not being refreshed. All right. He says, see, the, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So what should, how should we be walking? We should be walking, seeing God do things but also knowing that the enemy's doing things and, and, and recognizing those things that he's doing. So that what? We don't make the same mistakes. We don't, we, we're not sucked into it. But also so that we can help up, we can speak the word out to others and, and alert them as far as what's going on. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you alert other people, most of the time they're going to, they're going to re rebuke you. And that's fine. They're not rebuking me. They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting God. 
But God has called us as believers, all right, to, to walk about circumspectly, not as fools. What does a fool do? Ignore the situation. A fool never says anything about the situation. Well, why do I want to make people mad? I'm afraid people will reject what I what I believe. Bible. He says, but be wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. And folks, if you if you don't realize that the time that we're living in is evil, you better wake up. That's all I've got to say. We better wake up. There's things going on. I, 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 there's things I, I, I'd like to talk to you about, but I can't. For one, God hasn't released me to talk, but for another, it, it'd be meat to a lot of believers, and, and you know, all milk. Just spit it up. Verse 17, wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Notice what he says here. Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How many times have you heard a Christian say, well, we never know what the will of the Lord is. It's a mystery. Well, why did Paul tell us to understand what the will of the Lord is? if we're not supposed to understand. That's confusion. And God's not a God of confusion. So, do I believe the other believer says that we'll never understand what the will of God is? Or do I believe Paul? Who says, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Alright? I can redeem the time by understanding what the will of the Lord The will of the Lord is is you speak the word and you'll be refreshed. All right? If you don't speak the word, you won't be refreshed. You won't be delivered. You won't be healed. God won't move in your situation because he's the one that brings the manifestation of the situation. Nothing's going to ever change in your life. And you, I, I got news for you. You you can't have God move in your life if, if you never spend any time in his word. Again, I'm not saying you've got to spend... You know, all your waking hours in, in the Bible. God, God doesn't, he's not looking for that. But he's looking for somebody that, that was developing a hunger for him. A hunger for him. God doesn't need another apostle Paul. So don't, don't try to compare yourself to any other men or women of God and say, well, I... I couldn't be like them. But he doesn't want you to be like them. He wants you to be you. Because if you'll be you, but allow him to, to speak into your life and allow him to, to, to take his word and put it in your lips and you'll speak it out, he can move in that situation. He can bring change in your life. And as that change starts coming in your life, because what? You're speaking, you're, you're speaking God's word out of your mouth, and change is coming. Guess what that's going to do for you? That's going to, that's going to excite you to do what? To do more. But if you're not speaking the word of God out of your mouth, there's no change happening in your life. You're not seeing God move. And guess what? You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get bored. And, and you know what? Then the devil's going to whisper you to you one day. Why, why are you? Why are you doing what they're doing? Because nothing's happening in their life. Nothing's happening in your life. And you know what? You're going to start listening to it. Why? Because you're not investing any time with God. I've said it before. Out of that relationship that you have with the Father is everything in life. 
everything in life. You know, we, we celebrate the Passover weekend this weekend. You know, this is the weekend that the week that Jesus comes triumphantly into Jerusalem. Everybody's cheering as he's coming in through the gates. They're waving, you know, palm branches. All right? And worshiping him. Well, we know what happens a few days later. A few days from today, when Pilate stands up and says, I find no fault in this man. But, as is our custom, we release one man. Do I release this man to you, or this murderer, Barabbas? And what did they scream? Give us Barabbas. You just worship this man as he come in. What happened to your worship? Well, I'm saying, see, we can look back at history and see that happen, and we think, yeah, they were they were crazy for not receiving Jesus. But you know what? We have that offered every single day of our life. Do you want Barabbas? Every day you wake up. The devil is offering you Barabbas. God's offering you Jesus. As the Israelites stood out there and looked at Jesus standing there, blood covering him. After being whipped, beaten. And what was about to be, and that, that was just the beginning. He wouldn't have been tortured yet. So each and every day, you you and I have that choice to make. We choose Barabbas, or do we choose Jesus? You make a choice. All right. Let's look at a couple of a couple of scriptures here. In Proverbs seventeen twenty two, it says, "A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit." It dries the bones. What's a broken spirit? Well, you get a broken spirit simply by you're not spending any time really in the Word. You're not really speaking the Word. Oh, you might you might say the Word of God every now and then. I'm talking about I'm talking about on a daily basis. If you, if, you know, I'm going to tell myself. There's been times in my life where I haven't been in the Word every day like I should. Be. And I can tell you what, I, I spiritually sense a huge, huge difference. A huge difference. Now, take somebody that the only time they even hear the word is when they come to church on Sundays. They never speak it during the week, they don't read, they don't read their Bible during you're probably not going to notice a difference in your life. Why? You've not tasted the Lord. The reason why, and I, this is, I'm not patting myself on the, on, this is just a spiritual law. Anybody, if, you, if anybody does this, you'll experience it. It says, taste the Lord and see that he's good. Taste him and see that he's good. Well, guess what happens? As you taste him and see that he's good, you get used to that. And then a day comes that you don't taste him that day. And then two days go by and you haven't tasted it. It's kind of like, now I know nobody in here does this. It's kind of like going a couple of days without taking a shot. You can say, what's the big deal? I do that all the time. Okay. How about going a week? Say, I do that all the time. Okay. We haven't hit you yet. How about a couple of weeks? Oh, I, I've done that before. Okay, we, we still haven't hit you. But some of you, we're hitting. 
You can imagine going two weeks without you. How about a month? How about six months? I'll tell you what, by the end of the first month, if you haven't taken a shower and you don't care, you don't notice anything about it, others around you do. Yeah. Because you're like that guy in the tomb. You stinketh. Right? What I'm saying is, if you haven't spent any time with the Lord, you're going to notice something's missing in your life. Why? Because you tasted of God and you saw that it was good. See, if you've never, if you've never, if you've never got born again, and you don't remember what that was like, I mean, when I first got born again, I, I you know, I was at a, at, at a church in St. Louis. Um, I was the only white person there, and uh, I left the church that day. And why did I feel good? I, I moved back to Indiana, and it was years before I went. But you know what? I never, I never forgot that experience at that church that day. I still haven't forgotten. I, re I remember, I remember tasting the Lord and seeing that He was good. If you don't, if you don't have that remembrance, something's not right. Maybe the Spirit of God's dealing with you right now, whether you're watching or here. God's dealing with you. Time to come home. To give your life. It says a merry heart do a good like a medicine. Alright? In uh, Isaiah, we're not going to go there, but Isaiah 12, 3, it says, with joy, with joy shall, shall you draw from the wells of salvation. So not only do I got to say the right things, I got to be happy. That's how I make a withdrawal from the salvation of God. If I need healing in my body, I need to speak the word, but I need to speak it happily. Yeah, by His stripes I'm healed. Yeah, the, the word of God is like a medicine, but a broken spirit. Who can write the bones? The Moffat translation says this. A glad heart helps and heals. A glad heart helps and heals. The Jerusalem translation says this. A glad heart is excellent medicine. A spirit depressed wastes the bones away. You know, a lot of people can get cancer of the bones because they're depressed. Depression will lead, depression will lead to cancer. It opens the door for them. Well, how do you know what you find right here? It, it talks about a broken spirit drives the bones. If your bones get dry, guess what? What will happen? In the natural, that's cancer. Right? Marrow, the lack of marrow, they're they're grown up. What what happens? They become become brittle. You break a bone. You break a bone. All right. So bones will break. All right. The Knox translation says this: A cheerful heart makes a quick recovery. It is crushed spirits that waste a man's frame. All right. So. Here, here, here's how you make confession over, over Proverbs 17:22. Ha ha ha! I have a merry heart. Sickness can't dominate me. Satan can't dominate me. What do you think you're you're trying to do, devil? You can't put sickness on me. Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! I have a merry heart. I'm full of joy. A merry heart works like medicine. God's medicine is working. See, those are some simple things that you can do. Take the Word of God and apply it to your situation. All right? Maybe maybe uh, it's it's not healing that you need. Maybe deliverance. You can use, still use the same, the same Scripture. God's Word is delivering me. God's Word is delivering me. I can use it for a family. I can use it for someone I love. God's Word is, is delivering them. God's Word is delivering them. Hallelujah.
See, the sooner you the sooner you get used to speaking these things, all right, the sooner you'll see them manifest in your life. You'll see and you'll see you'll see God come in and and produce the fruit of your lips. All right, He's looking to produce the fruit of your lips. Now let's go to one more one more scripture, Isaiah fifty three. Verses 3 through 5. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. Acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. This is speaking of Jesus. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. Now, Concerning verse 3, let me just read a couple uh, versions here. Um, the Rotherham Bington uh, version says, concerning verse 3, a man of pains and familiar with sickness. The uh, basic English says he was a man of sorrows marked by disease. That's interesting. Marked by disease. Um, concerning verse 4, uh, the Masoretic Old Testament, surely our diseases he did bear, and our pains he carried. The Rotherham says this, yet surely our sickness he carried, and as for our pains he bear the burden of them. He bear the burden. The Smith Goodspeed version says it this way. Yet it was our sickness that he bore. There's a revelation right there. It was your sickness that he bore. Our pains that he carried. Think about that. If Jesus, if he bore your sickness and he carried your pains, what business do you have to carry? How are you going to change that situation? Your words. Your words. You're, you're, you're not going to speak of your situation of sickness. All right? If, if you're suffering sickness, don't, don't lay claim to your sickness. Don't lay claim to it. It's not your sickness. Well, Pastor, but how, how do I do that when referring that, that I'm sick? You, you, you talk about the doctors have diagnosed me with this, such and such disease. We're not denying what the doctors are saying. All right? And that's not what the word teaches, to deny what the doctors are saying. But I'm not going to go around and call it my, my sickness by, my, by, by you know, the doctor that I'm with. Well, you know, for, I've heard people that have, for instance, have, have, have had cancer. Well, my cancer doctor. You mean cancer doctor? Well, you know, the, the doctor that I... Yeah, but you're, you're taking hold of the... You're calling it your cancer. It's not your cancer. Did you develop it? No. Do you want it? No, I don't want it. Well, quit calling it your cancer. Because the cancer really... It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from God. It Ultimately, it comes from the devil. All right? Now, you may have helped some things out by what you did and choices you made in your life, but you're, you're not the one that developed it. Don't lay claims to it. Because you're going to get the, you're going to produce the, 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 the fruit of your lips, all right. And, and James talked about it this way. He said, uh, a, a, a double-minded man will not receive anything from God. So you can't you can't lay claim to your healing, but also say that you, you my cancer doctor. All right, he's a doctor that's treated me for what he's diagnosed me with, but he's not my cancer doctor. <laughs> all right, all right. So you got to understand some things. Now, uh, the verse 5 concerning that verse, it says, through his bruises, the lesser version says this, through
through his bruises, bruises was healing granted unto us. Alright? The Moffat version says, the blows that fell to him have brought us healing. There you go. The Amplified says this, the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. Did you catch that? The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. So if you have an issue with peace, I don't feel like I have peace in my life. Well, the chastisement of our peace was on him. Jesus, you paid the price for my peace. So I have peace. Because Jesus paid the price for me. Now, I might not have anything else going on in my body, but I just, I don't have peace about things. I meet a lot of people like that. All right? The chastisement of our peace was on him. So if he's paid the price for your peace, guess what? You have a legal right to declare Jesus paid the price for my peace, so therefore I have peace in my life. I'm not going to let fear. God didn't give me the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. All right. Then one more version says this. The Young's version says, "By His bruise there is healing to us." Now, how do we speak that scripture over ourselves? Here's one way, and you don't have to write this down. You can listen to it later on. Surely he hath borne my sickness and diseases and carried my pains. He took my sicknesses on himself and he carried my pains. He bore them and carried them away to a distance. I don't have to bear what he bore for me. I refuse to bear what he bore for me. Satan cannot put on me what Jesus bore for me. By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes, I got healing. By his bruise, there is healing for me. His punishment was brought, has brought me healing. Healing has been granted to me. With the stripes that wounded him, I am healed and made whole. I am made whole by the blows he received. My diseases went to the cross with Jesus. And died with him there. Satan, you're visiting the wrong one. Jesus took my sickness, and by his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's, you know, that's just one way you can pray over yourself. And how often should you pray? I would pray daily. I would, I would even say, I pray several times a day. Any time, because any time throughout the day that you start, you're start, you're starting to focus on uh, the sickness in your body, then you need to speak that scripture. Over. Then you need to take that scripture and speak over that. Say, what am I doing? I'm taking God's medicine. Amen. I'm taking God's medicine. When I speak the word of God over my situation, you know, if I'm thinking about my health issues, then I need to take that word and speak it over there. As many times until, until I'm not I'm not I'm not thinking about that. All right, then throughout the day, if I, if, if you ever have that come on you again, speak it again. All right. With your words, you'll be refreshed. God creates the fruit of your lips. What you're saying, that's up to Him. Our job is to speak the word over the situation. Jesus is our healer. When we speak the word. He manifests in our lives. All right. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's a few days. We don't get hung up on time. See, if you get hung up on the time, that's when you'll that's when you miss it because that's what you're focused on. You're focused on the time. How long do I got to keep saying? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, when did you When did you receive your healing? When you prayed. All right. So if I received my healing when I prayed. I am no longer be, going to be concerned about when the manifestation occurs. Right? Because I got it when I prayed. Now, if I, if I prayed a week ago, Satan, no, you, you're not taking this from me. When I prayed a week ago, and I would, you know, I probably would write the date down or memorize the date and, and use that in my, in my 
my confession. All right? March 20th, when I pray, at 10.30 in the morning, I receive my healing. So Father, I thank you, Lord, that by his stripes I'm healed. By his stripes I'm healed. By his stripes I'm healed. See, I'm just going to keep speaking the word of God. Lord, you sent your word to heal. Alright? The chastisement of my peace was on Jesus. So he already paid price for my peace. I have the peace of God. I have peace in my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Did you get something today? Praise God. Let's stand up.